Keywords, Volume One, by Chen Master Shengyan. Samsara and Nirvana. From Chen Newsletter, Number Thirty Two, September, Nineteen Eighty Three. According to Buddha Dharma, Samsara is the continuing cycle of birth and death. That we experience until we reach nirvana, and nirvana is enlightenment and final release from samsara. But according to Buddha Dharma, samsara and nirvana are not separate. How is this so? Two analogies may help to illustrate this seeming paradox. Let us first take the example of visual error. When we view objects or designs in a certain way, this may create optical illusions. Also, there is a flying mosquito syndrome, where one has the impression that little specks, like insects, are flying in front of one's eyes. The sutras speak of the illusion of seeing flowers in the sky. Usually. If we have any of these problems, we know that it is a vision problem. But some people may think what they are seeing is real. When the problem goes away or is cured, we no longer see these things. Is this because the mosquitoes or the flowers have suddenly disappeared? No, it is because the vision problem has been eliminated. The second analogy is about gold. After gold ore is mined, it is smelted and processed until everything else has been removed, leaving only refined gold. Some people might think that the gold ore was somehow changed into refined gold, but a chemist knows that the pure gold was there from the beginning. If it was not there from the beginning, there would be no gold to be refined. How do these analogies explain samsara and nirvana being the same? Samsara is what we experience when we have vexations. This is a problem of the mind. We saw in the first analogy that when the vision problem was cured. The illusion of mosquitoes or flowers went away. More important, we realize that there were no mosquitoes or flowers to be seen in the first place. Likewise, when we cure our mind problem—that is, we become enlightened—we no longer see samsara, and indeed, we will understand that it never existed. Mind problems and mental diseases are unknown to a surgeon, but a psychiatrist may have some sense of them. The deeper your practice, the more you will understand the nature of mind problems. Some people have said that this Chan Center is like a mental hospital, and in some ways, this is true. The Buddha said that if you have a physical problem, go to a physician. If you have a mind problem, go to Buddha Dharma. 
From the point of view of Buddha Dharma, everyone has a serious mind problem. How many of you think you don't have a mind problem? If you raised your hand, then that in itself shows that you have a problem. If you did not raise your hand, at least you have some idea that you have a problem. A total drunk will not admit that he is a drunkard. If you notice that you are woozy and admit to being drunk, then you are to some extent sober. What does it mean to have mind problems? It means that your mind is not balanced, rationally or emotionally, and that your judgment cannot be 100% correct. You will feel like a husband whose wife and her sister are taking sides against you, or you will be ambivalent. A disciple once told me that he wished I would go away, but he also wanted me to stay at the center. He wanted me to go so there would be no one to tell him what to do, but if I left, there would be no one here to help him. A heroin user is faced with such a problem. He wants to give up the drug, but cannot. When people act on the basis of such confused mental states, they will often commit crimes. When people act harmfully against us, we should realize that they may have mental problems, may not know what they are doing. Or, if they do realize what is happening, they might not be able to help themselves, like a car with faulty brakes. How can we be cured of such sickness? Many people do not realize that the mind or spirit needs a great deal of education. Certainly, there is research for treating cancer, heart disease, high blood pressure, etc. But not that much attention is given to healing problems of the spirit. First, we must investigate our hopes, fears, desires, and other vexations. Only by such self-examination can we improve. The best method to accomplish this is meditation. With practice, we can have fewer and fewer stray thoughts. Too many thoughts, and we cannot see ourselves clearly. Once we master our thoughts, we can think or not think as we please. At this point, our mind sickness will begin to disappear. Our mind will not be so confused. We will have fewer random thoughts. We will be in harmony with nature. Our judgment will be unbiased. We will be able to accept the bad things that happen to us, as well as the good things that come to us. When the mind is finally cleared, we will discover that there is no virtue and no evil. There is no difference between samsara and nirvana. To practice well, at first we need the idea that there is samsara and there is nirvana. It increases our faith and our motivation. It is like medicine for the sick. After they are cured, there is no need for the medicine. In the same way, when our minds are cured, 
we will not need the ideas of samsara and nirvana. We will realize that they are not two different things. Indeed, they are not even one thing. They are illusions that a clear mind will know never even existed. In the gold analogy, pure gold refers to the pure mind in each of us. It represents the potential in all of us to be free of suffering. Like the eye once beset by illusion, now free of mosquitoes or flowers, our refined mind will be rid of the impurities of vexation and suffering. Through practice, we will have discarded our impurities and refined our minds. And when we reach enlightenment, if we ask what has been discarded, the impurities, can we say that they exist or that they ever existed? It is at this point that our analogies might break down. They are only analogies, guides to practice. They cannot be followed completely. From the point of view of Chen, vexation and wisdom, samsara and nirvana, these are not different. They do not, in fact, even exist. Like water whipped into waves by the wind, the essence of water is the same no matter what state it is in. This is the most important thing for us to understand. We must also remember that we should only use analogies insofar as they make sense and guide us in practice.